0: What's good, Badger fans? We are back with another edition of a Shot of Whiskey Podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment. As a part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast, and on YouTube and all other socials. That's Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten. Not spelled out, but just the number 10. I am former Badger All-American Jordan Taylor alongside my dog my guy former badger all-american 2011 second round pick eight-year nba vet the one and only john lure johnny what's happening baby you good i'm good man i'm good how are you you know i'm you know been better been worse man it's you know life is good i can't complain still out in london uh tell me
1: one good thing
0: about london right now what this time of year Oh, man. See, you got this is this is we have to do this in the in the in the, you know, in the production meetings. My man, you can't just spring questions <laughs> like that on me. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but London right now, um, it's Fashion Week. It's Fashion Week in London. So the city's buzzing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I haven't experienced much of it, but it is Fashion Week. Um, So, yeah, it's good, man. What about you? Since since you asking me off the cuff questions, what's good in Tennessee?
1: Well, before I get into that, I know that. It's nobody is asking you to be a part of Fashion Week in London, so I'm just going to throw that out there uh but uh life is life is good <laughs> life is good here in nashville man i'm I'm enjoying it it's been good first of all, hating only makes your
0: situation worse. I think we all know that, and I didn't say that nobody didn't ask me to be a part of Fashion Week. I just said I haven't been a part of it but there is an R&B party, Fashion Week party that I was invited to tomorrow. I have, you know, so I might pop in and do my thing. You know what you I'm you saying? you braille hat. hat. Yeah, yeah, I might. I might if I want to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I want to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, man, good, weird. Well, interesting week for the Badgers. Uh, up and down. Obviously started off with the Nebraska loss that had many fans, uh, us as well. I'm sure the coaches, players, just one of those losses that you want to throw away and forget about for all of eternity. Um, And then followed up by a win against uh, Michigan. And then today we're recording this right after the Rutgers game, man. So let's jump right into it. Let's jump into the X's and O's. Lost in Nebraska, jumped out to a 17 point lead, uh, played the way we should against a team like Nebraska on the road. But we're going to start with the things that we don't like, as we always do. So I'll lead it off first. And the biggest thing for me about that game was the late game execution. You know, obviously we know the Big Ten is tough. You can jump out to 17-point lead. Every place is a tough place to play. And late game, you have a chance to win the game on the road. They went to a similar play with the Chuck or Brock Connor with a, with kind of a ghost screen or a screen to get a to get a mismatch with Chucky. And Chucky didn't quite use the screen and settled for a step back jumper with, you know, in a tie game when he could have attacked the rim or got a weaker defender. So for me, that's twice in four games. He did it against Penn State. Coach Guard drew that up against Penn State. And one time they got the switch, Chucky hit the three. The next time he didn't get the switch, had a tougher matchup um, with, I believe, Jalen Pickett and, and wasn't able to hit the three. So that's something for me that uh, kind of hits close to home because I ended my career in a similar situation against Syracuse, mm-hmm. not being able to execute in a situation like that. Um, but that's something that has to has to get cleaned up, especially when you're going to play,
1: you know, one possession games over and over and over again. Right, right. And you're right. It, it has happened a few times, but the ball is going to be in Chucky's hands when it comes down to it late game. I mean, you know, you've been in that situation, right? Even every late shot clock, it's coming back to point guard and you're supposed to go make a play. Um, and, and sometimes you're the hero and sometimes you're the, you're the villain that everybody pours it on after because you missed it. The one thing I'll say about Chucky, though, that I love is that he's never not confident taking that shot. You know, he whatever it is, if it, whatever the situation is, tie game, down two, what, he wants the ball in his hands. We saw that last year, obviously, when he was a freshman in the Purdue game, hitting the bank three. Um, so you know what? I, I'll live with Chucky taking that shot. Um, you know, what do you think areas we could improve on in late game execution as far as running different action, um, obviously the ball is going to be in Chucky's hands eventually, but where do you see we can improve? Um,
0: I think it's just the attention to details, man. Like, you know, I think any, any good team, you're not going to get too complicated in late game situations. Like, you're going to get the ball, so you're probably your best playmaker, at least your best player with the ball in their hands, and you're going to put them in a situation where they have an advantage. So I think – it's one of those things you, you saw in the Nebraska game, Coach Guard. they had the camera on him right after the, at the end of the regulation. And you could see he was frustrated with Chucky not attacking the basket in that situation. But I think even more so, like Connor has to come out there and really set a screen. You see it all the time in the NBA, as you know. Um, you know, LeBron or Kyrie, you know, Luca. they're going to call three screens until they get the matchup they want. Right. And right. I under, I understand it's a different game. It's college. But that's somewhere where Connor has to come out there and hit his man and force the switch, and Chucky has to run his man off because it's a it's a way different look when you have a weak defender, even if you settle for the step back three at that point. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just a way different look with uh when you know you have a mismatch as opposed to having someone who's the best defender on the team. So I think. Um, you no, know, regardless of the decision that the if it's Connor, or Chucky or Tyler, wh- whatever decision they make, I think you have to search for the right matchup and execute the play the way it was intended to, to, to be to be um, executed.
1: No, I, I agree with that. And I think, you know, you touched on possibly getting downhill more. That's maybe what Coach gardner's looking for uh, in a situation like that. Right. Because you put pressure on the defense, put pressure on the rim. Maybe you get a foul call. Um, You know, that that might be something as we move forward that we see him do more as as a point of emphasis. It's, hey, in these late game situations, right? We know you like to get to your step back, maybe try to turn the corner, make a play, get fouled. Um, That might be an area of improvement. No doubt. And we have to, I think we have to remind ourselves that Chucky is a sophomore, right? Like, so
0: (laughs) this is, again, as someone both of us who have been in these situations, like, I think you almost kind of fall in love with the stuff that you work on in the summer as opposed to just making the simple get downhill play or whatever it is. And like you said, Chucky can make that shot. He's made that shot several times. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things that is a teaching point. Unfortunately, it comes in a loss, but it's something that's gonna that you have to be excited about for to have someone for the next couple of years at least who's willing to take those shots, make or miss. And just keep taking them and keep taking them. And then as you saw in the game against Rutgers today, they kind of switched it up and went with Connor season down the stretch. Um, so we have really you have a couple of guys who who can do that, man. So I mean, it is what it is. It's a tough loss. We crumbled in overtime uh, against Nebraska as well. But uh, the Big Ten is clearly it's tough to win, man. It's we have to find a way to get that home court advantage back. But it is what it is. But they're talking Michigan. They bounce back during the week. Uh, with a nice win against Michigan, a little get back game, as we talked about. Obviously, the the highly anticipated anticipated rematch there. Hunter Dickinson. One thing I don't like is Hunter Dickinson.
1: He is, <laughs> I was going I to beat you to that one. Yo, he
0: is. I, I love I love guys who talk on the court. I love it. I love guys who get fiery. I don't even know if what words I can use to describe him that are going to get cleared by the FCC right now and by our, you know, providers at the new amendment. But, yeah, I just don't like dude, man. I just don't like him.
1: <laughs> No, No, he, he's an idiot. I, I think that word can pass. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it was it summed up perfectly when, you know, he calls us scumbags, right? Wisconsin, they're, they're scumbags. And then <laughs> shows up to the game in a ski mask and does all these, you know, idiotic antics with the crowd like hunter yeah you're the epitome of class please you you showed us that (laughs) so i mean it's it's all in jest you know and it's it's all part of part of the competitive spirit of of you know both sides but but yeah he's he's just he's over the top and and you know i don't think anybody in wisconsin likes him he, he had a decent game
0: he was 12 12 and 12 um on four for nine he even hit a three um Carter Gilmore did a really good job wrestling wrestling with him and kind of disrupting his rhythm to a degree which I thought was a was a really good sign mm-hmm. um obviously Connor Assesian had one of his best games of the season he's had a lot of them but 23 and three um Tyler wall we thought was kind of turning the corner, getting his rhythm back, but then struggled these last two games, uh, which is kind of a little bit of a cause for concern, in my opinion, especially late in the season when we have a lot of must-win games coming up. But um, Kamari McGee and Jordan Davis were two things that I really did like. Those guys have been playing really well. Kamari McGee has been pretty much a non-factor for most of the year, and he comes in. Um, Against Michigan, scores six points, gives a nice lift off the bench. And as we'll get to, came in and hit a huge three against Rutgers um, to put us up three. But those two guys, there's a, there's a lot of things to be excited about. It just seems for whatever reason, we just can't quite turn the corner with this team. And I can't put my finger on it as
1: to why. Yeah, no, I really liked uh, Kamara McGee's confidence, too. You saw it emerge in that Michigan game. And, and then, obviously, as we mentioned, in the Rutgers game as well. And that wasn't an accident, I'm sure. You know, like we know as players uh, that stuff happens in practice. And I'm sure he's been showing, you know, more confidence and more flashes of, of who he can be in practice. And then, you know, shout out to Coach Gard for seeing that and starting to implement him more in the lineup uh, and feed him that confidence uh, of of minutes and game, you know, time played, so he can continue doing that because I think he's going to be huge for us down the stretch. Um, getting a lift from him off the bench will be great. Um, one other thing I liked in that Michigan game that you haven't mentioned yet was we owned the offensive glass. I mean, that was the best offensive rebounding game we've had all year, and it was just out of sheer aggression and determination. And I'm watching it like, man, that's that's Wisconsin basketball right there, just. Yeah how how hard we were going to the glass and getting extra possessions. And when you do that, you could see it just deflates and demoralizes, you know, the opposition. And Michigan was like, oh, man, here they got another one. Now we got to play defense again. Um, and, and that's been a staple of our program. And, and that was a, a great example of it. Not not only that, but it it makes
0: shooters more confident. You know, when you're out there having a rough night, like against Michigan, I think we were, what, three for 11, Max Klesmet, two for 11, Tyler Wall, one for nine, Chucky. Um, we didn't shoot great, you know, 30, 33 percent from three and from the floor overall. Uh, but 15 offensive rebounds when you're when you're not making shots, it gives you more confidence to keep shooting. Like when I was playing, if I'm not making shots, I know you and Keaton are down there potentially cleaning stuff up. And Mike Bruiser guys like that cleaning stuff up where it's like, all right, you don't the, the pressure to make the shot is released. You know what I mean? So it's, it is, that is, that is a great point And that's something that we have to get back to doing uh, on a more consistent basis uh, to continue winning games. Because again, moving on to, moving on to Rutgers, the, the shooting was, was not great in that game either. Uh, another 0 for 10, 2 for 7, a rough week for Chucky. Uh, Chucky and, and Connor season, 2 for 17 um, in the game today. And then obviously, as I mentioned, the struggles before. Max Klezman a little bit better, three for eight, but the the offensive rebounds weren't quite there today. We did have nine, so that's a good thing. <clears throat> um, But I thought that, again, things we didn't like. the t- Chucky can't get into foul trouble um, when you are struggling because I think that really disrupts your rhythm as a player, and that was something that I thought in the first half, kind of coming off of a tough game, you get in foul trouble, and then it's just hard to get going again once that happens.
1: Yeah, and that was another – you know, I went on my rant last episode about the officiating. He got his second one, again, off of a BS charge call, right? (laughs) Like he drives that – and unless it's egregious and obvious, don't call it because that was not a charge, and that that changed the momentum of the game. Um, Luckily, fortunately, Kamari McGee came in again and provided a lift. Jordan Davis came in again and provided a lift. Uh, They combined for 25 points off the bench. Uh, When you pair that with the game before, they combined for 11. So that's 36 points off the bench between those two in the last two games. Uh, Now, if we can just get our starters to shoot a little bit better and we can mesh that together, I mean, I really believe that this team is capable of beating anybody. We can beat Purdue. You know, they're going to be a a number one seed. They're coming to our house uh, next week, I believe. Uh, that's a game we can win if everybody's gelling and everybody's hitting shots. But, but like you said, for Connor uh, and Chucky, and then when you throw Steven Crowell in there as well, who was three for eight, I think that's, what, five for 20? What were we? Five for 25, something like that between those three. So, yep. uh, you know, likely won't happen again. But, um, you know, we just got to get everybody hot at the right time. That's what this this time of year is about. Yep. You said five for twenty five between the three Tyler Wall, Stephen
0: Crowell and Chucky Hepburn. You yeah. know that you made a lot of money playing basketball. Math was not your strong suit. It was you're close, though. It was it was eight, eight for eight for twenty. Uh, Tyler Wall kind of saved it. But you were close. That no, was, no,
1: no, no. I, I said Crowell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hepburn yeah, and CJ. Yeah. Do that on oh, a
0: season. My bad. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, my bad. So my listening what is that, skills Jordan? clearly on- five my- <laughs> for twenty five.
1: Yeah, look, okay. you want
0: you want to compete because I can't hear, huh? Look, look,
1: look. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> my my listening skills clearly ain't on point. I heard that before. On, <laughs> trying
1: to put me on blast, with math skills. <laughs> you are wrong. Good
0: math, Johnny. Good math, but yeah, no, you are a hundred percent right, man. You are a hundred percent right. Um, and just to kind of go back, the officiating it, it hurts. You always hate to blame the officials, but it does hurt to watch a game-winning basket in a game or in the second half where no one could put it in the hoop, kind of end on an offensive goal, what appeared to be an offensive goaltending um, from Rutgers, which is yeah. tough. Uh, you got to give Rutgers credit for the for the defense they played there at the end of the game. I thought, like you said, uh, off-camera, Connor season got a good look at the floater. I don't know if that's really his shot. Um, that could be debated, but I did like the action to get him into going downhill. One of your best scorers, he's struggling. Again, I love the fact he missed the floater, Max. They got the offensive rebound, and Max Klesmith found him for a three, and he fired that thing up with no hesitation. Just a great defensive play uh, by Rutgers at the end. So again, those are things that you love to see, especially from a freshman, a sophomore. Like these dudes have no fear at all, which I think bodes well moving forward for the Kamari McGee, as we mentioned, comes in hasn't he's shooting corner threes with the game on the line and throwing, you know saluting the crowd after, like you do, you do love to see things like that. Mm. Um,
1: I also yeah, no, love, no. go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was touch on, uh, on that point of, of Connor's confidence. And we've talked about that before, you know, obviously this game didn't, didn't go well for him, right. He's, he's 0 for 10. Um, I think it was, how about coach guard drawing up the play for him still having mm. confidence in him? Because honestly, if you look at it big picture, and especially over the last few games, He's been our best offensive player. You know, he's coming off the heels of the Michigan game where he had a career-high 23. Um, and, and that game, to me, really showed his development, even during this season, how much better he's getting. Uh, you know, he can score at all three levels. He can, he's starting to get to the rim more now. He's starting to put it on the floor, finish through contact, uh, you know, hitting mid-range. He's efficient he's from three. He can make free throws. Uh, tonight was was a game you throw away for him and I'm sure he'll bounce back because that's just the mentality that he has. Uh, but man, if you're not excited about him as a Badger fan, uh, you haven't been watching him. No, 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent. He is
0: he is a, a supernova, in my opinion, already for Wisconsin basketball. And he's going to be fun to watch him. I don't know if he stays for I, I, part of me. Like obviously we've seen what the departure of Johnny Davis has done to the program and kind of left a huge void in terms of talent but I really don't I really on coach guard might get mad at me for saying this but I really hope that Connor Seagen doesn't end up staying at Wisconsin for 4 years and I want to see his game develop and into something cuz I really think he's he, he has a he has a talent and a knack for scoring the ball that will serve him well at the next level.
1: I I don't think he will be there for four years, man. I, I don't want to. Obviously, you never know how things play out. But shoot, I'd take him in the late first right now if he came out this year. Would Would um, you Would you with, do you, you think he's potential? that good? Uh, I do. I really do. I think he's he's he and and like I said, you see the development in season, and, and you can see his frame and, and what he could be. Um, you know, I know we've mentioned this name before, but Tyler Hero. Uh, he, he has, I think he has that, that type of game. And, and I think that'll show through as he develops, of course, and Wisconsin does an amazing job of player development. As we know, we're, we were perfect examples of, of that. Um, I think you'll begin to see, you know, him just, just flourish over, you know, his sophomore year, junior year, if he stays, ends up staying that long. But, um, you know, I think he's got, he's got a very bright future in the NBA as well.
0: So if you're Connor season right now, a little bit off topic, but if you're Connor season right now, are you throwing your name into the draft this year? No.
1: (laughs) 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 No, he's not ready. I'm saying as if I were an NBA GM and I've talked to actually to a few scouts about him, um, you know, they like him a lot, but, uh, if I'm a GM, like, yeah, I'm taking a chance on him, maybe in the in the late first. Um, but you want to come into that league and be ready for it, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and right now, I don't think he is. Now, would he have time to to grow and develop? You know, absolutely. But why not come back next year or after your junior year and, and be a top 10 pick? And, you know, obviously that's more guaranteed money. Um, and... You will be prepared for all that is entailed in that league, uh, because that's that's a big big part of of your transition is is making sure you're ready. So I, I wouldn't put my name in if I were
0: him. I think and correct me if I'm wrong, but not only being more guaranteed money, but obviously the higher you go, the more a team is invested in you. As opposed, exactly. to, you know, you've you've been a second round pick, and you know what it takes to to fight and scratch and claw as a second round pick, as opposed to being you know. 14 or whatever it is. So, we, you know, obviously we always joked if your name was John Lurkovich, you might have been top top 15, but you were born in Orno, Minnesota and not uh, not somewhere in the Balkans, man. But that's a, another story for
1: another day, man. Yeah, man, about at the that, second man. round pick, I had to scratch and claw about that to, to get an extra $2,000 guarantee on, on my rookie deal. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's not, not necessarily the best position.
0: No, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. But let's move into scouting report, man. We're gonna to talk tournament. It's that time. We're end of February now, pushing the end of February. Last week of February coming up. Last, er, Mike DeCorsi, who we had right here on this show last week, and told us that if the Badgers lost to Nebraska, uh, that would be potentially catastrophic. But he also said there was no formula for for predicting these things. Badgers lost to Nebraska, beat Michigan and Mr. DeCourcy proceeded to put the Badgers in his last four in as a 12 seed in a play-in against USC, who we have already seen one time this year, so that would be fun to to have a little rematch with them. Um, The loss to Rutgers will be interesting to see where he comes or has has the Badgers coming in at next week as we bring in Iowa to the Kohl Center and then go on the road Against Michigan, and it almost feels now as if there is a formula to this thing, and that it's almost must win for these last four games with this loss to Rutgers. Or what? What is your opinion
1: on it? Um, going into these last four games, I think we can win three or four. I think if you lose to Purdue, that's not that's not a loss that's going to going to hurt you. Uh, if you can beat Iowa, you can beat Michigan, and then obviously beat Minnesota in that last game of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you're still in. And I want to give us props because Mike DiCorsi had Wisconsin out and then he came on our show and we gave him grease uh, about that. <laughs> and he put us as the last team in and optics matter, right? So I yep. think we got us in his bracket uh, and hopefully we can stay there by the end of the year.
0: Let's see if you can scratch and claw for that $2,000 from Coach Guard. See if we get a bonus for that or something like for for, uh, for talking Mike DeCourcy into a, into a tournament bid, man. But... Uh, no, you're right, man, I, I think you're right. it was it was nice. It was kind of a relief to see that as a little disappointing to have the Rutgers lost right after seeing that because it just feels like a bit of a missed opportunity. I personally think that Purdue is a must win game. If if we're talking, if we're talking to solidify a place in the tournament, if we beat Purdue and Iowa, I think the Michigan game is kind of a, a throwaway game if you beat Purdue. I think if you beat Purdue at home, number one team in the country currently still, I think we're in the tournament as long as you maybe go to the Big Ten tournament and and don't do anything crazy. So if you get one in the Big Ten tournament and win Purdue, for sure you're in. But I think that Purdue game is is a must win. I think that's the game you got to win.
1: See, the reason I don't is because we have five quad one wins right now. If we get Iowa and at Michigan, right, that's seven quad one wins. I don't see us being left out with seven quad one wins. I really don't. And then, like I said, obviously take care of that last game against Minnesota. Obviously, I think we can beat Purdue. I want us to beat Purdue. I'm just saying, I think if we, if it shakes out where we get three or four, I think we can still sneak in. Uh, See, okay. I would agree. I would agree
0: with that. I think that, and again, we were 71st in Ken Palm this morning before the Rutgers game. So I do agree you can win three or four and lose to Purdue. But I think that, I guess what I'm saying is the if you do beat Purdue, you're in. You're in. Right. I think we're I correct. think you're automatically in. I think if you win three out of four, you leave it up to chance, potentially. And I don't think that's a place that you want to live in. You remember our sophomore or your sophomore year, my freshman year. I, you know, going into that into that room to watch the selection uh so watch selection Sunday and it was kind of like uh we were sweating bullets, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> like uh yeah, uh, so if we don't, what are we gonna do? You know, I think I, had, uh-huh. I was ready for the season to be over. I was.
1: Oh thinking- man, the only thing I could think of during that, I'm just like, I do not want to play in the freaking nit. No change. Don't make don't make us do that. Like we got to host a home game. It's like we already had senior night. And now it's like, wait, no, just kidding. We still have another home game. I was like, God, dang, I don't ever want to play in the nit.
0: Yeah, facts. Facts. That was like where that was back in the day where it's like, man, you rather just be done playing than have extra basketball. I feel like kids now might want to play in the NIT just to keep playing, as you know, what I'm saying. But I could be wrong. But back then it was like, nah, give me death or give me the NCAA tournament. Like, nah, we're not going to the, <laughs> not going to the NIT. Yeah. Can't coon on three if we miss the tournament, man. Forget uh-huh. it. But yeah, no, 100 percent, man, 100 percent. But we will see where it plays out. Um we still have the Big Ten tournament regardless, so a lot of opportunities here besides the four games. But to me, that is the path to the tournament is winning, uh, beating Purdue, and obviously taking care of business with Iowa and Minnesota. And if that happens, and mm-hmm. again, I, that Michigan game. kind of doesn't matter. It was cool to kind of see us bury. I think, I think we buried Michigan a little bit with that victory on Wednesday. So, you know, regarding anything miraculous from them. So that was actually kind of cool to see after what happened last year, man. So – Mm -hmm. Let's let's move into the word on campus. We were supposed to have a special guest for y'all, but, you know, after the loss, you know, he had to, you know, had to had to make some PR stuff, had some some other obligations come through. So we will check back in with that at a later date. So it's just going to be me and you, Johnny. Uh, What we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the Gus bus, man. He was at the Michigan game on Wednesday, making a lot of noise in the crowd. So given all these mishaps mishaps, quote unquote, uh, late game, do you see anybody in this recruiting class kind of being that spark plug for the Badgers next year? Is it Gus? Is it, um, Nolan winner? Um, what what do you, what do you see as far as, as far as someone kind of providing a spark of life next year?
1: I think it's the Gus bus, man. I'm, I'm all aboard on the Gus bus. He's, uh, (laughs) Um, you know he's a, he's an exciting character to to enter our program. Uh, you know his his charisma, his personality, uh, and then his game too. You know I, I think he's going to be ready to go as a freshman. I think we'll need some help at the five. Um, you know obviously this year um, Stephen Crow has to play a ton of minutes. Uh, it'll be good to have somebody that could be potentially a go-to guy. Quite honestly, you know how much we like to touch the post. Um, you know, he's going to get his post touches and I think he's going to surprise everybody at how efficient he is, even as a freshman. Uh, you know, got a little bit of that kind of Luca Garza game to him. Uh, and I think he'll be ready to go next year. I'm excited about it.
0: Can't, can't forget about John Blackwell as well. I want to throw him in there. But I, I agree with you. It is going to be Gus. I think from watching the highlights and watching him play and I saw Evan Flood, who's an insider for the Badgers with CBS Sports, he kind of – he made a – he had a tweet about Gus bringing competitive fire to the program, which I think is something that actually is kind of lacking. this show. Not to say these guys aren't competitive, and, and, you know, obviously they are. But I think Gus kind of has that uh, – he kind of has that Hunter Dickinson in him, but not in the same way. Like he's not in – obviously, he's not, I don't think he's an idiot, but I think he kind of – he gets the crowd going. He interacts with the crowd. It's fun to the watch deep- – Exactly. It's it's fun to watch if it's if it's on your side. I'll I'll put it that way. It's fun to be a part of if it's on your side. So I'm actually, yeah. So I I, I do hate to compare him to Hunter Dickinson after we just bashed Hunter Dickinson. So I want to be clear, yeah. Without the what? What'd you say? Without the what? Without the douchiness. There we go. See, that was the word I was gonna reach for, but I didn't know if that was gonna clear if we're gonna to have to edit that out. But I'll just say you said it. You know what I'm saying? You're, you know, That's you're you the, the man over here, so you can't get in trouble. So, <laughs> no, hundred percent. Without the without the douchiness, I think he's gonna bring something fun to the program. He's kind of like you said. He's got that. He doesn't really look like a basketball player, but he looks like a basketball player. He's got kind of a funky game. It's it's gonna be fun to watch, man. So I I am super excited for for Gus then to come through the program and, and see what he brings to the Badgers next year. But anyway, man, that is all we got today. We're going to keep it short, keep it sweet. Only a couple more episodes left this season as the Badgers take on Iowa at home this week and then go to Michigan, as we mentioned before. So make sure again, that y'all are following along on all socials, Twitter, IG, and TikTok, as well as YouTube at the handle, be at beyond the big 10 again the number 10 not spilled spelled out and be sure to stay tuned in for an inside look at everything badgers as we head into march and beyond again i am jordan taylor that is my guy john lure and we're wrapping it up and we'll see y'all next
1: time beyond the big 10 is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things big 10 We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.